0: It's Alicia and this is Abby and welcome to this episode of beautifully unmasked today we're gonna talk about our testimonies and treat you to our life stories so Abby's (laughs) gonna have a whack at it first (laughs) (laughs) see if how entertaining we are Um, so go ahead Abby all
1: righty so um just to start off, the most important thing, um, I was saved at five. And uh, hallelujah to that because everything else that I went through, um, the only reason I got through it was because of my faith in Jesus. So, hallelujah. we'll just. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Um, so, yeah, so shortly after that, um, my parents divorced um, at the same age, so five. And that was definitely confusing. Um, we stayed in a shelter for a little bit, and not a homeless shelter. It was a, um, it was one where um, nobody can know where we were, um, for safety reasons, um, not to, I don't know the words that I'm coming up with right now, but <laughs> just it was uh, there,
0: anonymous shelter.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You um, go. yeah. There was just some some concerns on some people's um, minds. So we were there for a bit and that was definitely interesting and then um, lived in a couple other places and then we moved to Virginia Beach um, where I ended up growing up in uh, for the rest of my life pretty much. Um, Things were definitely confusing. We would spend every other weekend and um, one week per month in summer at our dad's house which was great. I mean, you know, we still got to see our dad. We had awesome summers. Um, During the weeks in the summer, uh, we would be at our grandparents' house during the day, and Alicia would come over, and so it was like the three amigos, you know, playing, um, swimming, like, practically all day. It was great. Uh, (laughs) But there was also some things that came up with that, with just the confusion and, um, just some other things going on that led to kind of a damaged relationship with my dad, nothing that he really did. It's just some things that happen when you're young and craziness happens and you don't really know what's going on. Um, but yeah, so another interesting and cool thing that happened, um, cool yet chaotic. Uh, my mom started dating this guy, um, when I was, we'll say five and a half. Um, And that was on and off for 11 years and he, I'm very thankful for him even though there was some craziness surrounding that as well uh, because he was able to help kind of step in for the period of time to play a dad role when my dad and I's relationship wasn't that great. Um, He never replaced my dad in my mind but... It was actually very beneficial for him to be in my life, despite all the other drama that might have happened. Um, but, yeah. <laughs> so, soon after, um, I honestly don't know what age I was, but um, my dad got remarried. Um,
0: I don't even remember. That was a long time ago.
1: I have no idea, yeah. <laughs> that was a long and time it, it, it was actually funny. I remember... Um, them sitting us down and telling us that they were going to get married and afterwards I told Alicia and I was surprised because I was in my own world I was just in la-la land like I didn't understand dating yet um, or anything (laughs) like that and so (laughs) so Alicia was like where have you been like that she's been coming around hanging out with us all this time you've like ridden home with her
0: she's been like watching movies with us on friday nights for like how long now you know
1: yeah i had no sense of time i didn't understand dating quite much yet so i was definitely shocked but yeah um and so you know uh i i I, there were some things about i was a little turd so we kind of butted heads a little bit um we're like totally (laughs) good now but um there there was there did come a point when I was getting older uh I will say probably from the ages of like twelve to thirteen that um I told my mom that I, things were getting kind of bad to her I didn't want to come over anymore and i was yeah I was coming up to the age thirteen I just remembered because legally a once you' hit me. that age you can you can decide whether or not you go to your parents' house um I actually so, yeah, remember this. Yeah. Uh, so my mom had to talk to Alicia's mom to have her talk to dad. Um, and just, you know, be like, hey, this is what's going on. And But I'm actually really thankful for that because if I hadn't gotten that close, things might not would have. Wow, what grammar is that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> May not the, have. May, might, not would have. Um <laughs> They might not have gotten better. And so from the age 14 is when I really remember dad and I's relationship getting better. And now, like, he's the best. So, um,
0: yeah. So, like, what do you think the biggest impact on you growing up? Like, was it the divorce or, like, not having your dad around all the time? Or, I mean, that's, like, that's a hard one to answer. But that is. Yeah. <laughs> But, like, um, okay, well, in which way do you think they impacted you differently? Like, in which ways were you, is the most – can't even talk. <laughs> <laughs> in which ways do you think they impacted you the most? Like, the divorce and not having your dad around
1: um, every day. So, I will say for the divorce, I still to this day remember the night that we left. Right. That was definitely... Yeah, I
0: remember that pr- night, too.
1: Yeah, that was pretty traumatic. Um, And I honestly don't know, because I remember hiding behind Dad's recliner with, with our, uh, my brother. Yeah. I almost said his name. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Shh. laughs> and, like, you know, crying and saying that they're going to get a divorce. And I don't know how I knew that word at all. Right. I don't know if they had just said it mm-hmm. or if I'd heard it from somewhere else. I really don't know. But... Uh, I think it was definitely just, you know, you're a little kid, you don't understand dating relationships or marriage. Um, and then so like all you've ever known blows up. And then like, I remember when we started doing the every other weekend visitations, I would cry because I didn't want to go to my dad's because I didn't want to leave my mom. And then I would cry when it was time to go back to mom because I didn't want to leave dad. So I was obviously confused. Right. Um, my brother he took it harder because he was three and a half Right. Uh, so yeah and then so yeah basically I I would say the trauma after I understood things and we got settled in Virginia Beach I think I did a lot better Um, and and then not having him around all the time uh, I mean obviously like that I don't I don't blame him at all. I don't want people to think that. Um, Yeah. But. No, it's not
0: like the blame. uh, Yeah. No. Yeah. No. I had a thought. This is not the blame game. No. Yeah. This is not the blame game um, podcast. um, For sure. (laughs) It was just, it was just, you know, it's just a different perspective than mine. uh, As you'll hear later. um, Yeah. A different growing up situation. Yeah.
1: I just think it, it affected our relationship, um, which like is kind of like a duh answer, but, right. um, you know, he did take time out. I don't know if he was off these days. Um, I remember one time he came to visit during my lunch period and, right. um, I could not stop talking. Like he had to tell me to stop talking and eat my food <laughs> cause I was going to run out of time. Right. Uh, so like that was like the best surprise ever. But, um, one thing I did notice, and I don't know if this is true, um, but in my memory, I don't remember him being. You know, I got spanked growing up and I was putting time out. Right. I don't remember him having to do that. That was always my mom.
0: Yeah. And
1: so he, even afterwards, he didn't spank me that I know of at all. I don't um, ever remember him having to spank you. No, dad. I mean, he just looks at you and you're dad's like, dad's intimidating uh, enough. <laughs> 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 yeah, like he, I knew better than to um, test the boundaries. Right. Um, but I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if this is a hundred percent vague, but to go from mom being seemingly the main disciplinarian to dad. Right. Um, since mom, you know, there's a whole different family dynamic. I think that might've affected things too. Um, but yeah, it's just a learning experience. So,
0: yeah. What was, so what, what about being in the shelter? Like, what was that like for you? <laughs>
1: Um, so they definitely, the organization, I have no idea the name of it, which is...
0: uh, You were five. Yeah. You can't remember. But
1: they definitely (laughs) took care of us. Um, I still have some stuffed animals. Like, I think people donated stuffed animals for the kids that are in this situation. So you can pick one out of this big bin.
0: Right.
1: Um, that helps soften the blow. Um, I remember, and these are really random, but I remember (laughs) seeing... For the first time, you know that toothpaste that's, like, red, white, and blue? Yeah, Aquafresh. Yeah, I remember seeing that for the for the, for the first time and thinking it was so cool. I don't know why. Um, that's what was at our grandparents'
0: house, like, all the time. That's what they use well, all the time.
1: Like- I didn't remember that.
0: I just, because, like, I was actually using it. <laughs> I hate that toothpaste. It's so strong. I know. It's like, blow you out of the water.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, it was definitely... Like I said, confusing. Um, We had the blinds shut because, you know, just what if somebody passed by and saw us? So it was this whole weird thing. But Yeah,
0: it's tough. Yeah. Um, So why do you think summers were the best part of our childhoods?
1: Oh, my gosh. So I talked to our cousin about this last time I saw him. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was actually really cool to get his perspective because he's 10 years older than me. Um, and we've never really talked about this, but he said that they noticed, um, they saw that, uh, my brother and I, and even, you know, my two older sisters in their period of time when they were, um, still around, we were kind of forced to grow up too quickly. And so they did everything they could to make us have an actual normal kid time when we were with them. Yeah. So, you know, like you remember our grandma did like everything. Almost anything we wanted, not in a bratty spoiled way, no, but like, like if in we a wanted- adventure way. Like yeah. Like right. I think
0: we have to clarify. Like it's not yeah. like <laughs> I go to Walmart and want a twenty dollar toy. Because oh, no, like, definitely let must tell you about our grandma. She we, we said we were ice. thirsty <laughs> one time after we went to the park. And she came out with a bag of ice cubes. Yes. And we had to suck on the ice to get our water and put it in a <laughs> cup to melt. Okay. Like, that is our grandma. Okay. Like, not that it was cruel. It was just, you know, cheaper. There was three kids. Yeah. They, it was a lot of food going on. It's just a lot of stuff going on. So, you know, it was fine. But we were like, what? Mm-hmm. And we didn't think anything of it. We, we, we love crushed ice. Like, we were the crushed right. ice kids. Like, I'm surprised our teeth didn't fall out. I know, but no, I totally agree with you. Like, I think that they just made sure we were always in a bubble of like
1: fun, pure, and innocence and
0: fun, and like we didn't worry about anything. It was right. always like just yeah, whatever we wanted to do to fill up that ten hour day. Mm-hmm. They were like, okay, cool, Go yeah. Ahead.
1: Like that was the one place that um, for me it was like the most consistent place in my entire life. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew no matter what we could go over there. Like we didn't have to ask, um, them anyway. Right. Uh, we could just come over and they'd be happy to see us. And more likely than not, if you stay, um, and lunch or dinner comes around, they're going to feed you. (laughs) Um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, it was just great. We had a lot of fun. Alicia was the, uh, mastermind behind all our imaginary <laughs> worlds that we had going on yes but yeah well. <laughs> still
0: to this day mm-hmm. the mastermind behind the plots <laughs> sometimes
1: yes yes um but yeah so uh around like a little bit after that from that point when we moved to virginia beach uh as far yeah. as on the Virginia Beach side, the mom side of things, we, we had maybe one main church that we stayed at the longest, but overall we kind of church hopped. So I didn't really get the experience that, um, I should have, um, or that you would hope for anyway. Uh, I didn't I'm a very introverted and I was even more shy back then than I am now. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I didn't really have any, <laughs> she's like raising her eyebrows at me. Um, I didn't really have any close relationships with other Christian friends that were my age. Uh, I didn't really have any mentors of, of that sort. So, you know, there was that. Um, one thing that I have noticed looking back though, is despite all that, it is actually very cool to look back and be able to see where God's hand was and how much he taught me despite not having somebody to, like, sit down and, like, explain things to me. Right. Um, I didn't understand any type of relationship you could have with God, like, in the closeness of it. And even in that time, there was things that it was so obvious now that he was, like, this is why you don't do this. This is this.
0: <laughs> right.
1: Um, but, yeah, so one thing that was – um. what's the word – Anyway, <laughs> a constant in my life. I started playing cello in fifth grade, and I continued that through college. And I tell anybody um, that looks back on their high school days and they're like, oh, it was the best days of my life. I'm like, Psh, no. Orchestra kept me in school. Uh, I did well, but there was yeah, just some things going on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and so that definitely kept me in school. And like I said, I went to college Uh, My first college I went to was uh, for music therapy, which I'll get to that in a minute. Um, But unfortunately, I started looking to boys for, like, love and attention that I was lacking at home. Uh, And then to add on to that, some online games. I didn't have, like, we didn't have a computer until we were... Pretty old. <laughs> like, pr- pretty old. And I never, I didn't have my own phone until I was, I think, 16 or 17. And that's because, like, my boyfriend at the time uh, got me one for Christmas uh, because my mom's rule, which I kind of agree with, actually, but was like, uh, you can't have a phone unless you can pay for it. Um, my reasons might be different with my kids, but I definitely, like, anyway, that's yeah. going down a <laughs> rabbit, trail. But rabbit hole. But the, the reason why <laughs> is that. I had an iPod Touch, and when I had Wi-Fi, I had access to this whole new world that I didn't necessarily realize could be such a slippery slope. So, joining into online games and YouTube opened a door, which Dangerous. would later... Yeah, would, <laughs> would later lead to a porn addiction. And what also doesn't help is that in church, anytime porn is talked about, it's... um Related more to the guy perspective. Preach. They really never talk about girls. Ever. Because, I know, like, I guess they assume because men are wired more visually that girls aren't affected. And that's just... Not true. A a load of bull. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. um, Skipping forward to, like, 15, I had my first love boyfriend. Um, You know, there were several breakups due to some issues just with, you know, you're, you're young, you're 15, you're bored, talking to other people inappropriately. And this so it was like a on and on, on again, off again relationship until lasted until about like, I was 18 and we finally had like the last breakup and I was just really numb from that. And so very soon after that, I found myself in this bad relationship. I put quotes around that because I felt stuck. Um, it was really bad. It, I, I, Yeah, I don't count it as a relationship. But unfortunately, because I was so numb, I lost my virginity. I didn't really care. Um, And even that breakup was kind of traumatic and crazy. Um, He had emailed me a picture of a girl from, like, neck to navel, I'll say, with just a bra on, saying all this stuff about how she was 18 and a virgin, too, blah, 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 blah. He had moved on. And he called me, like, a weak mouse. Um, and he also texted my mom and told her mm. what we, like, that we, mm. you know, that I lost my virginity mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. He was pretty vulgar with it. Um, so yeah, that was really crazy, but
0: yeah. Mm. Girl, yeah. let me just <laughs> tell you, uh, <laughs> <I, sighs> let me just keep my temper down here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel in this conversation because mm. my temper is coming out. Okay. Mm-hmm. how do you, Let's see. How do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? <laughs> how do you think not having a solid church home affect you? Well, you kind of answered that. Like, you, you kind of hit on yeah. that. Kind of, yeah. So, um, do you feel like you look to boys because you didn't have a father figure at home? Or just because you were lacking like normal affection in general, like not even like a father figure affection, but mm-hmm. just like normal affection, like from um, anyone, like not just, I'm not, I'm just saying it doesn't have to be like guy specific is what I mean. Like
1: Right, right. So something that I'll get to a little bit later, but okay. Um, there was things that I didn't even know about myself that looking back makes so much sense of why I did that. Mm -hmm. Um, but I would, I would say it's like both. Um, you know, there's some, some things that I just, I won't touch on quite yet, but, um, like I said before, I'm definitely thankful for, um, regardless of the drama, like God putting that guy in my life to
0: we're talking about the father figure here the
1: father figure yeah yeah sorry (laughs) the father figure of my life to be like that for me when I needed it right um when dad dad couldn't be there even if he wanted to right um and so yeah but um also though something that I've noticed now the more I've learned about just my relationship with God and and like it's gone from like your typical Sunday school answers to an actual tangible, like relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, I do things that I know I shouldn't do when I'm lacking that connection with God. That's the ultimate thing is like, yes, I'm not saying that you don't need affection from, you know, humans, but (laughs) ultimately, you know, you might've heard it before, but there is that, void that literally, it's like a God-shaped hole, and he's the only shape that can fill it, so. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so how do you think losing your Virginia, Virginia
0: <laughs> affected your relationship with, like, not only God, but others around you? Like, how did it change the decisions you made going forward? Yeah.
1: So... I will say, you know, it was definitely awkward and kind of sketchy with him texting my mom and her fiancé at the time knew, too. Um, so, she kind of knew even before she got the text. She could just see me. Like, the way I looked, I looked it's, different. It's a mom but, thing. Yeah. You um, But, unfortunately, that did make it easier for that line to get crossed, Um from that point on mm-hmm. and my relationship with God um, at that time it still hadn't fully, not even fully because, you know, we continue to grow, but it hadn't, I hadn't had my big like wake up moment, I guess is what I've called it. Right. Um, where I realized that I could actually hear from God in real time. Like, um, and I, Not meaning like I I need a telephone
0: installed.
1: Right. And it's still I'm definitely still growing in that area and learning. But um Yeah. Honestly, I'm I'm somebody who tends to shove my emotions and anything down as far as I can down to my toenails. So (laughs) Yeah. I don't fully remember having a conscious narrative in my head about it and thinking about oh I'm awful now right but I probably did but that's just how numb I was right like he even the guy even mentioned that I wasn't acting like a normal girl when she does that for the first time right he questioned whether or not I really was and that's just how numb I was right so yeah I hear you yeah
0: I get your vibes (laughs)
1: yeah so I'm there there's there's a couple uh sketchy uh quote-unquote relationships in between that and then uh in 2013 I went to East Carolina University for music therapy um in October of the fall of my freshman year I met my now ex um which that was a whole roller coaster of a relationship let me tell you um, that led to six years of dating him on and off. Um, again, I felt stuck, but then I like, if I was going to be stuck, then I forced myself to like fall in love with him until it was actually real. It was this whole thing. But, um, that I knew too. I shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I knew I shouldn't have been with him and I was compromising my beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like I could say no to having sex. So I did anyways. Um. I learned way down the line that he is a master manipulator. He's narcissistic. He used gaslighting and other forms of verbal and emotional abuse to keep me around. Um, He went on deployment um, not too far into our relationship. I can't remember how many months it was, but um, so he was gone for like seven months and I had wanted to leave really early in our relationship. um, And I wanted to leave before he left the deployment, but Once he was gone, he made me feel guilty for wanting to leave because he's overseas, he needs to have his mind right, blah, blah, blah. Not blah, 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 because I totally understand, you know, um, it's a whole military thing, which, again, I get it. You don't leave a man who's deployed, but I should have been able to leave. But anyway. (laughs) Anyway, (laughs) Um, that's a different topic for another day. You shouldn't
0: have been, you shouldn't have been, uh, you shouldn't have felt... backed into a corner to stay.
1: I mean that's he was yeah I'm just he was so good at talking me in a circle to where I felt dizzy and I just wanted it to be over like I missed class over arguing with him right which was like I don't do that um yeah but yeah the first time when he got back um that I tried to break up with him after he came home he uh he cocked his gun and he put it in his mouth Um, And this became something that was just every single time I tried to leave or did leave, he would attempt, quote unquote, attempt suicide. Um, But again, talking to people who are wiser and more knowledgeable and have been trained to recognize these things, they told me they're like, Abby, he took 14 fat burners. That's not going to kill him. That's just going to make him really sick. Um, Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, long story short, I, (laughs) I had to get... A restraining order, a military restraining order on him. He was um, admitted to the psych ward because he told me, go ahead, call the cops. Because he was showing up at um, my door, even when I told him not to. He would sleep in his car in the freezing cold in February all night. Would not leave until I left the house. Mm. Um, So, you know, he said, go ahead, call the cops. So he would do a forced suicide. Uh, He's threatened to release information about me. Um, and more recently I've, I've kind of realized and come to find out, I don't even remember how I did, but I have Stockholm syndrome with him, which if you don't know, I, I tend to be very literal. So I questioned that because when you look up the definition, it has to do with a, uh, captor or someone who's held captive by a hostage. They form this like bond with their yeah person. Yeah. Um, but apparently it does translate <clears throat> to abusive relationships. It does. So you don't yeah. have
0: to be like kidnapped you can you totally can have it without
1: yeah yeah so that's something that I've realized that's just uh even recently I've had to like tell somebody hey I'm struggling this happened even though I knew I didn't want them to talk to me and know about it I just knew that I should because they would call me they would call me and like be like hey this isn't smart you know blah 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 A B C D E F G. this is why you shouldn't do it <laughs> um so yeah um but anyway uh it, during that time, because like I said, that was six years, I struggled so bad with a porn addiction. That took me so long to get over, and literally, it's only because of God. Like, every time I messed up, I would just be praying. I'm like, God, I need your help. I can't do this. This is awful. I just don't know how to get rid of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in my junior year of ECU, I uh, met a guy on Tinder. Hashtag don't use Tinder. But, anyway. Ever. Ever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Bad uh, and I thought he was nice. And then, um, you know, we had, we had met up a couple times and then, um, I ended up being raped and, you know, I did everything quote unquote right by getting a rape kit, trying to get some kind of justice in the criminal system as well as through school. Uh, I went to counseling for a long time. Um, but unfortunately I became suicidal and very depressed. um, <clears throat> The DA's office didn't want to take the case because it didn't involve a weapon. Which is stupid. I know. it. Anyway. Yeah, because federal law versus state law, they conflict. If it was federal, I don't know really how it would be. But anyway, um, he they probably would have taken it. We're not anyway. lawyers,
0: so we don't know.
1: Anyhow. I don't know. I don't know. I had a lot of conversations with people who <laughs> knew a bit more than me. But, um, yeah. <laughs> and again, I remember with me not showing my emotions, which is like... I do, but, like, in situations where it's a negative emotion, I hide it too well to where even the detective questioned my best friend who was there with me the whole time afterwards. Um, you get, like, like, stone face, right? So you're, oh be yes, like, they'll look
0: at you and you look like you have no emotion. You're just, like, sitting there, like, a blank face. Like, you're just, like.
1: Well, yeah, because, so, like, a, my ex um, of six years, I, we weren't on talking terms, but he's the only person I could think of to text. So I texted him and he called me immediately. And when I heard the severity in his voice, cause I was in shock. When I heard the severity in his voice, that's when I broke down and cried. And he told me what to do. He said, don't take a shower. Don't go to the bathroom, wake up your best friend, tell her what happened and you need to report it. Um, so, but, but the detective, like, so I, I was crying, like I, I was bawling and she couldn't understand me. And she felt so bad that I had to say it like three times for her to understand me. Um, but as soon as we did what we needed to do and we knew the cops were on the way, I started like shoving the emotions back down. I was like, okay, I need to get it together. I need to be able to answer their questions. And so, you know, the cops showed up, they did what they needed to do. And then the detective came in and he ended up asking her when we were at the hospital because of what happened. And she mentioned I was crying. He said, oh, so this really affected her then. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Like he asked my, he asked me. And chronologically, I can't remember when anymore. But he asked me, and he asked her, that I was act I was upset about this. I'm like, no dip, Sherlock. Like, hello. <laughs> I'm calling you for a reason. I'm not. Tr- I understand that there's some people that, you know, might fake this, but not me. But anyway. Right. So when they told me that they weren't gonna take the case, I could tell that they were shocked at my reaction because I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> I didn't have any questions. I just, yeah, I was just like, okay, get me out of here. Like, I- I'm done. So the school process took a long time. It, it went over into the spring semester. Um, I, I ended up having to file an appeal because, like, the judges, which were really, like, faculty and professors and whatever, they um, didn't find him responsible for everything that they brought up against him. Um, or for like breaking these school codes or whatever. Um, even though they have him confessing on record three times.
0: Bull hockey. Hockey.
1: I know. Like everybody that I had, I had met with and talked to and told my story to in that department of the school, uh, when they found out I was doing an appeal, they were like, we just want you to know the entire staff here are so thankful you're doing an appeal because we don't understand what these people were thinking. Like, it's so clear that he knew what he was doing. Um, so thankfully, you know, I I did an appeal. I wrote a uh, a letter or whatnot, and um, he was suspended and whatnot. So thankfully, that happened because I was seeing him on campus and just having flashbacks, and it was just awful. Um, but also to add fuel to the fire, two weeks after I was raped, my best friend was as well, so we both spiraled together. Um, her... excuse me, a little, unfortunately, in a more drastic way than myself, because she, like I said, in the very beginning, my faith really kept me afloat, and she didn't have that yet. Um, However, despite that, you know, she started smoking and drinking, and I started smoking as well. Um, And down the line, I noticed an emotional dependence on that. Thankfully, I was able to realize that that's what was starting. And so I stopped before I got addicted. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just... That process of trying to get justice really made things worse. And that's when I had my first suicidal... Serious suicidal thought. Um, And so I ended up moving back to part-time. And to where... So my mom could pick me up. So I would be in Virginia Beach from... I'll say Thursday to Tuesday, and then I had class Monday, Wednesday. So, driving two and a half hours every week. Um, But, yeah, and so I finished out that semester, and I ended up not going back because of just the thought of going back. I had severe anxiety, Um, even though I kind of felt like I should stay, but I was just too messed up to really discern, like, what I should do. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Do you regret (laughs) not going back?
1: Um. No. That's the thing is like, I have conflicting thoughts in my head because people have asked me this before. Do I regret it? Or will I ever go back? Because I mean, I did three years. Technically, I consider it two and a half because it was two and a half full time. But some people don't understand being a music major is hard. Like you have so many credit hours or so many classes that only count for one credit hour, but you're being required to Practice and pass off so many assignments each class day that um, my cello professor <laughs> he was highly upset. Like I would be practicing piano for four hours a day sometimes, and that's not even my main instrument. Yeah. Um. So it's hard, and you get set back one bit, one little bit, and you're set back for a lot. And so, if I were to go back now, I'd have to work my tail off at getting better at piano, better at guitar, better at cello. Have a recital it's just all this stuff um and like we'll get to it a little bit later but like I know what God's calling me to do now yeah so I'm still able to take what I learned in those three years and apply it to my life now so right um I always say ECU is like the best worst time of my life I still look (laughs) back at it like (laughs) it was it was amazing despite the crap as well so right Uh, Um,
0: did you struggle with feeling like yes was a blanket statement? Like, um, in your relationship, um, like if you said yes once, you couldn't change your mind and say no later.
1: Are you talking about with the ex? Yeah. Um, yeah, kind of. Um, so I had tried once to say no very early on and he kind of freaked out, not in, uh, not in a aggressive way. Mhm. He he pulled this thing of thinking that I thought that he was disgusting and like Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All this stuff like he it was it was so dramatic like he he retreated back to the wall like as far away from me as he could and like wouldn't look at me and like just completely changed his character and even at, even after I explained that that's not the issue. Right, yeah. I just always felt like I was going to have to deal with a fight or a guilt trip if I said no. Right. And so even later down the line like year 5 or year 6, I he changed and he tried to say that, you know, I didn't have to do that, but it would always end up happening cuz he would just push the, the limits and I just didn't know how to say no.
0: Right. So. Um do you think that your porn addiction was because you were trying to feel something because you felt so numb uh, at that time?
1: Probably part of it was, um, it, it was not, how do I put this? It was made worse by the deployment um, because if he was gone, then that meant I was doing other things that I did not want to do, but I felt severely guilt-tripped into doing. Right. Um, so there was that, and then it just turned into this cycle, because that period of time where it was at its height, it did affect my relationship with God, even though I would talk to him <laughs> almost immediately after be like, God, what the heck, I need your help. Yeah. Um, I still felt awful. And so it would be this cycle of, you know, you, like, it was so bad, I would be typing up or going to wherever i was gonna go right but the whole time i'm thinking in my head i don't want to do this why are you doing this like stop you can stop you know yeah and i just yeah so um yeah i really it was just a lot going on and yeah i don't don't really know (laughs) i hear you (laughs) (laughs) continue Gosh, my life is so long. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's the last little... Yeah. Okay. So after um, I left ECU, I got into another relationship that I, like, deem my, quote, unquote, second love. You know, you have your first love and then second love, blah, blah, blah. I thought <laughs> I was going to marry him. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I won't even go too much into that because just no. Um, but so... <laughs> just no. <laughs> Um, after that, I went to ECPI, um, and I enrolled into their physical therapist assistant program. And everything that went into that was a lot of it was kind of fear. Um, I didn't know what I was going to do with my life because I thought that music therapy was what God wanted me to do. And I chose not to go back. And then I felt like I couldn't go back. And I felt like any other music school would not accept me because I didn't think I was good enough on the cello and like, blah, blah, blah. It was like this whole thing. So, um, I had a really great family friend who I consider like a second mom. Um, she helped me even be able to go to ECU. And so she was here helping me with this too. I ended up living with her, um, like literally can like never repay her and her husband. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought, okay, I'm still helping people with this, um, this career choice. Uh, it's still like a therapist type relationship you have with the people and you know I shadowed for two weeks because that was a requirement that you do which is a very smart thing to suggest so that you can see what it's actually like in the work field yeah at least in in one location um so yeah so I completed that program I graduated passed my board so I became a licensed physical therapist assistant in 2018 I believe. Um, But all throughout that, again, I still had some unhealthy dating relationships, um, and when I graduated, I kind of looked for jobs, I got hired on the spot for one, but I just didn't come to find out, thankfully I dodged a bullet, we'll just leave it at that, um, (laughs) but after, like, after that, I just didn't have a drive to find that job, and I didn't get why, I mean, I kind of did, but, uh, I don't know, so anyway, um, So fast forwarding to the most recent stuff, in late February of 2019, I had a dream that confused me a lot. Um, I had told my boyfriend at the time and my sister, but I didn't really think anything of it. I just thought, well, that was really weird. It was unlike any normal dream. Um, And I had already planned on going to a counseling session not too long after that. I was dealing with depression from ECU. you know, I just wanted to talk to somebody, um, and so in that session, we worked through all the ECU stuff, and we were just talking. We went way over time, but as you can probably tell, I talk a lot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> despite what people think, I talk a lot. Um, but at the end of this session, I had I brought up the dream again, just talking about how weird it was, but then. As I was bringing it up, I was reminded of a dream that my mom had told me she had when I was young, that she had seen a little casket being lowered into the ground, and she was crying, and she was saying, oh, Abby, like over and over again. And so, obviously, that's disturbing to any parent, so she (laughs) told her counselor at the time.
0: (laughs) It's not funny, but it's funny.
1: No, I know. Um, So, she told her counselor at the time, and he or she, I don't know, but suggested that maybe my innocence had died and so it was so weird like i told her that and at some point towards the end of that i started bawling like uncontrollably bawling and i was like and again i don't like crying in front of people so i mean going to counseling and crying (laughs) is hard enough (laughs) but i was just like i don't know why i'm crying and she's like the pain's there though right like yeah So, I kind of realized that the dream was actually a memory. And it was from the time of me being between the ages of three and five. Um, And yeah, it was literally just a blip. Um, I saw, I could hear myself, like my little kid voice humming to calm myself down, like kind of like a cry hum and i just saw this all i could see like i said it was a flash of like a man from like chest to the hips maybe and in his arms and he had hair all over um, yeah. and that's all i could see i know right yeah. i will tell you what jesus knows everything because think about my dad does he have hair on his chest nope. Holla freaking ha. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I've never been, and he, I'm sure he ain't very happy about it, because, never mind, (laughs) he'll tell jokes all day about that, but anyway, um, (laughs) so, (laughs) we tried working through it, walking through it, but I just couldn't, and so I tried coming back again, I couldn't, the walls were just too crazy big, and so, she thought, I just needed more time. So, a couple days after that, I went to, um, my church- has what they call um, Devoted Conference for Women. And this was in March of 2019. And um, Priscilla Shire was speaking the first night. And um, towards the end of her speaking, I heard God speak the clearest I've ever heard him talk. He said, oh, I missed something. Okay, well, anyway, he said, break up, break up, break up. And <laughs> I have to backtrack that <laughs> I messed up. Ruined. but. <laughs> rewind um she so at that counseling session sorry she had a um an assistant or somebody that, that was like learning under her and she didn't say anything the whole time till the end um she gave her an opportunity to be like do you have anything to say and so she said that God showed her a house and he said that he's cleaning it out and when he's done it'll be good and she gave me the verse um for my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your way or wait they're higher than your waist, says the Lord. I get them flipped and mixed up, but anyways, basically, I know what's best, um, and so <laughs> so on my I'll drive back,
0: scripture. When you're giving your testimony,
1: I know I'll, I'll get it straight one of these days. I really am trying, but <laughs> on my drive back, I that verse came up into my head again, and then my boyfriend's face popped into my head. And I started freaking out. I was, like, trying not to cry because I'm driving. Hello. That's dangerous. Um,
0: (laughs) Only the best will survive. I'm just kidding.
1: Right? (laughs) (laughs) So so I just kind of pushed that away and convinced myself that I didn't hear right, that that wasn't really God. So fast forward a couple days, and I hear break up, break up, break up really loud. I was like, crap. (laughs) Uh, Like, again, I thought I was going to marry this dude so wrong and so glad I was wrong. But anyway, um, so, you know, told my sister and like everything, every speaker that weekend, everything they like, there was always one thing in each session that the Holy Spirit used to confirm that I heard right. And to take me through this really fast grieving process of accepting it and being like, okay, I'm going to do it. And then looking forward to what he's calling me to do it in my future. It was really cool. I love when it that sucked happens. at the same time. I know. Like, it sucked at the same time because I was sick. I was heartbroken. Like, it was awful. Um, but I, I broke up with him. And that night that I did, it was on March 3rd, I heard, I woke up in the middle of the night. And before I could think anything, I heard 10 months. And I was like, what in the world? Like, I wasn't used to hearing from God like this. And so I texted my sister. I was like, so I just heard this. Like, what? And she said, dude, I heard that when we were walking home from the first night, when you told me that he told you to break up with him. And so my dumb self thinks that, well, maybe it's supposed to be just a break. (laughs) No. (laughs) Heck no. Um, (laughs) Definitely not a break. Um, So, you know, we spent a few months trying the whole break thing and then again, God kind of... He doesn't slap me upside the head, but anyway, he just brought some things to show me, like, he slaps my sister upside the head, it's great, but, and anybody who's literal, don't take that literal, because I'm very literal, and I just realized that somebody could think, wait, what, God slaps you? (laughs) Um, no, but, uh, yeah, so, anyways, very soon after that, I felt led to go to the college I'm at now, which again, I was like, why, college, I just went through college, like, what? Um... Come to find out, I realized the call in my life that I had been told before, but just didn't understand. Um, I I do feel led to preach um, and a lot of other things, Um, but God's hand was like, he was literally performing surgery in me those entire 10 months. And like I said, I had, I thought it was a break. I had other things that I had hopes for that it might mean, but I really just think it was the cleaning out of the house and I'm in no way perfect Or completely healed. But I'm, like, it was just so obvious. Like, I didn't do, I couldn't do anything. Again, I was, I was so much more depressed and suicidal in that time than I was at ECU. Like, I told, I told my sister that I thought I needed to, like, go somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know. And I wasn't hurting myself. It was just, I think I was just scared by my own thoughts. And she was definitely scared to see me like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh. Yeah, like, uh, 10 months was January 3rd, and since then, it's, like, a whole new season that we're walking through, and it's difficult, and definitely, um, a trying period, but it's just really cool to, like, see him and, like, know that I'm being obedient and, um, following through with what he's told me to do. So, yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at now. That was a very long testimony. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Ha (laughs) Ha <laughs> <laughs>